Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shapiro, and welcome to another Med Lasso from Explore the Space Podcast. We're back. It's time to cover Ted Lasso, Season 3, Episode 8. Me, my buddy Syed, we're ready to do this. We are joined by the wonderful Dr. Ali Raja. He's been on Explore the Space before. He's been on Med Lasso before. This was a fun one because we went in a direction that I feel like is really unique and really special. I think that the way we approach this one, and of course, this is just how it came to us as we were rolling. I think it's just a, a it's a unique one. I don't think you're going to find this anywhere else. Uh, and, you know, thinking about the stories we tell ourselves, our self-talk, how we react to situations. This is a good one. I, I've actually been thinking about this one since we recorded, and I'm, I'm excited for you to hear it. Really quick before we get to it, a thank you to the Women in Medicine Summit for helping make this episode possible. The Women in Medicine Summit is an extraordinary conference that takes place in Chicago, September 22nd and 23rd. It is for everybody, and it is an environment of learning, collaboration, leadership, skill building, and just so much fun. They do have early bird registration. It expires at the end of May, so go over to womeninmedicinesummit.org. Take advantage of early bird pricing. Use your CME dollars. This is a great place to do it. People from all over the country, the speaker list is on fire. I'm excited to say that I'm on it. Uh, and just looking at the other people, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be amazing. We're going we're gonna to absolutely crush this. So hope you can be there. www.womeninmedicinesummit.org, the Drake Hotel in Chicago, September 22nd and 23rd. Do not miss it. It's going to be really, really special. There's also a virtual option available if you're not able to actually come out to Chicago. You can also check out the entire archive of Med Lasso and Explore the Space podcast at www.explorethespaceshow.com. Check out the hashtag Med Lasso community on Twitter and definitely hit me on Twitter at ETS Show, Instagram at Explore the Space Show, and my email, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. We're now kind of coming to the final portion. We've only got four episodes left. But we've certainly made the most out of episode eight. So let's get to it. Ted Lasso, season three, episode eight with me, Syed, and Ali. Let's get amongst it. Syed, we've got four left. This was episode eight. What is your emotional state? We watched it last night. I did not text you, interestingly. I don't know why, but I didn't text you. Did that hurt your feelings? Yeah, I was. Uh, I couldn't sleep, man. I'll be honest. I was staring yeah. at the phone. Well, one, uh, <laughs> You and I now can both stare at our good buddy, Dr. Ali Raja, who's here. The thing about Ali, he comes on, right? We can see each other. And he has a backdrop of, like, a beautiful oceanscape. The sun is shining. It's nighttime where he lives. But when it's Ali, it doesn't matter because really anything is possible. Ali, how are you? I'm great, buddy. It's great to see you, Mark. It's great to see you again, Sayed. Thanks for having me back on. I can't wait to do some Ted Lasso talking. Let's do this. So... Ali, it's been a while since you were on, and we're not going to Rickroll anybody. The last time you were here, we had to bring you into Rickroll everyone, and that was awesome. Since we're kind of now in like the final third of the, se- of the season, and I guess of the series, what is your kind of broad scope of season three so far? You and I have texted oh. a little bit, mostly about Isaac's watch. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, Isaac does have great watches. You know, I am I'm a little worried, I'll tell you. I love the third season. But we've only got four episodes left, and there are so many storylines to wrap up. 
right? And and there's there's Ted and his ex-wife and but there's also Keely and everything that happened to her on this episode, right? That was a whole thing. Um, and everybody's got relationships to wrap up. We don't know what's going to happen with the season. I mean, we had we didn't really we didn't actually see any soccer, any football this uh, this episode right. at all. And so there's so much to wrap up. I'm just worried that we won't get to it. And obviously there's a vision and I don't see it yet, but but I'm worried. I'm going to share my vision with you because I have shed the worries. I have dispensed of them. I don't think the show is going to wrap things up in the conventional sense. I think mm. they're trying to give us lessons along the way. Remember when we were kids? Remember Saturday morning cartoons? Oh, yeah. Remember one to grow on? This just came to me. Remember <laughs> one to grow on? And that's one to grow on? <laughs> yep. And, and here's why. And Syed, first of all, t- tell the people about one to grow on. Actually, I, I honestly don't know. I grew up overseas, so I don't know about one to grow on. I'm, I'm, oh, I thought yeah, I saw you I'm, nodding your head. No, I was the Saturday cartoons. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, there were Saturday morning cartoons. You can find them on YouTube, but it was like for Ollie and my vintage, there would be like these little life lessons about, um, you know, don't uh, leave the refrigerator door unlocked or why it's important to like not light matches in the house. And they would. Yeah. Have, or like they, they like legit got into, if I remember right, some ethical dilemmas and like kind of yeah. told you how to solve them. Like this was your first uh, sort of emotional intelligence lesson totally. was on one to grow up. You know what I think there was, Ali? I think there was one about not picking up an unsecured firearm. I'm going to oh, have to go look I for it. I wouldn't be surprised. I think there was one of those back in the day about, yep. like, if you're, you find a gun, what do you do? Uh, anyway, we were ahead of our times back in the day. The reason that I say this is um, I think that they're giving us things that resonate with us in a fashion where we're not getting the satisfaction of our life, of a, of a thing wrapped up. Here's what I'm talking about. Something for me that I have been thinking a lot about and talking with my wife a lot about is the stories that I tell myself on a day-to-day basis and my own self-talk. And I've come to realize my self-talk is extraordinarily negative. And the stories that I tell myself always are these narratives that become self-fulfilling with my negative self-talk. This episode, I feel like, was helping us to look inside through these characters who we now love and I would say almost kind of trust in a way. I think this is what this episode was all about is the stories that we're telling ourselves. Syed, you are a storyteller. Yeah, you are of the highest order. How does that <laughs> land with you? I think that's a powerful insight. I didn't really think about that when I was watching this episode. You know, I, I think Ali hit it on the head for me is that as I was watching this episode as a storyteller, I, I, I had this anxiety. Yeah. I didn't know what it was until I just heard Ali speak it out. And I think that's part of what I'm worried about. When I saw the chemistry between Ted and his ex-wife, um, I was like, oh, man, this is a new thread. <laughs> you know? right. And then uh, but you're right. I think that stories have amazing power. Narrative threads have amazing power. They can transform our perception of reality itself. So I think the stories we tell ourselves are crucial. And that's I got to think about it now and look back at this whole episode because you're right. That's a great way to look at it. I think they're composing this in such a fashion where it will be very rewatchable, not so not insofar as like, oh, this plot point. I think the, the way that they've teased that is with all of the pop culture references and literary references and things. But I think that it's also going to be very rewatchable at sort of different phases of your life of how can we which of these characters am I identifying with right now? And what is the journey they're on and how does that resonate with me? I think that's why the pyramid of success plays such a big part of it. That's not about a storyline or a plot. It's about development it's about introspection and it's about finding ways to if you so choose 
to do things differently or better. Ali, you are a man of great achievement, someone who I look up to because of the way you take on more and more with a certain level of elegance that it's sort of hard to put a finger on. This idea, though, of self-improvement through others, as you're watching the show, does that make sense? It absolutely does. You know, the fact is that the way that we come together during times of trial and, and tribulation, it, you know, for example, the, the, the last episode, and I know we're supposed to talk about this, but the last episode where his restaurant got destroyed and the entire team came by to help put it back together, that kind of response by the team just shows how we can all grow together and move forward much more effectively than we can on our own. That was one of the happiest things I've ever seen on TV was that team's response. So then taking this analogy really far, are they trying to teach us a lesson? Is there one to grow on here? Or is it just this idea of, I, I think there is take from it what you will. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'd love to know what Syed thinks about this and what you think about this too. But this whole episode for me, was there's this old quote by Viktor Frankl, who's a psychiatrist uh, who survived the Holocaust. And, and he talks about the fact that the only thing we can control is our response, right? Between stimulus and response, uh, there's a space. And in that space, I'm actually, hold on, I've got it. Uh, in that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And I thought about that, and I was, I was wondering whether or not you would ask something about this, just because of the fact that what this teaches us, the, the one to grow on lesson here is that we can't control what happens to us, right? Keely couldn't control what happened to her in this episode. It was absolutely horrible that somebody took something of hers and made it public in that way. All she could control was her response to it, which Jack tried to form and tried to mutate into some weird apology that Keely wisely stood up to. But that's all she could control. And, and that was that's all that we can control for each of these responses. I, I, um, Ted's potential response to his ex-wife getting Taylor getting engaged, right? He um, he can't control whether or not she gets engaged, but he can control whether or not he doesn't give a damn about it and he focuses on his son, which is what he should be doing. And I think that was the lesson that this episode gave us. There's another one in there too that I think speaks exactly to what you're talking about. Syed's nodding his head. Let's see if Syed's on the same path with me. Isaac's response when he stole Colin's phone, which he should not have done. The team captain does not rip a phone out of someone's hand when they don't want that. That all being said, he had a choice to make in how he was going to respond. Syed, are you still nodding your head? Were we on the same page with that one? Yeah, and I was also thinking of the, of the Hey Jude moment. Um, mm. You know, that's what that whole song is about. Take a sad song and make it better, right? So that, I, that's great. I, I feel like that's that's the ending of this episode, <laughs> our <laughs> podcast episode. Ali, I can't, there's nothing more I can say. What a beautiful we have quote. A, what a, I know, yeah. I know. Uh, uh, we, we, we bring in Ali and we just can kind of just sit back. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and, and <laughs> what I do like about this, though, is I like that on, on Med Lasso, we can tackle this in a focused way where we're not just sort of hitting the beats of the show. There are other podcasts and other review shows that do that. I think it's important for us to have that. And I think it's consistent with the values of the show, especially like this is an episode where there's three men. It's a mix on the show, but there's three of us here. We can talk about these things. I do buy into the idea that Ted Lasso has sort of that, uh, a new a refreshing portrayal of masculinity. And uh, as a counterbalance to what we know is a toxic masculinity. And I think that these sorts of conversations are really important, too, that we can do some rock flipping exercises 
and find another layer and do so in a way where we don't have to like insult each other. You know, it was really interesting to see. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was really the love hounds on this episode, right? Because it emphasized yeah. the fact that, yes, we can move away from that toxic masculinity and have these meaningful conversations. Right. But number one, it's not easy. And number two, a lot of people just aren't ready for it. The thrice divorced coach was not ready for it. He was not ready. But you can see like, and I don't want to do the whole, you know, Nate, Nate uh, reunion tour, but he, he is better in that environment. He is better in that non-toxic masculine environment. Um, I am, I, I certainly don't do well in an environment where people are bagging on each other and ripping phones out of hands and making like that's never been a place where I feel very comfortable. So maybe that's part of why this show fits in for me. Syed, when you sort of think about and not to go too far beyond kind of the scope of a entertainment podcast, when you do think about the representation of men interacting with other men, how does the show land for you? Uh, I think it's it's uh, there's there's you know, there's aspirational content, but without realism that that never lands right. Mm -hmm. I think Ted Lasso finds that balance where, you know, it shows you how people can be, but they're not infallible, you know. Um, the Diamond Dogs, it, it, it's not like they bat 100. You know, they, they messed up, too, in, in ways in like the way Nate was treated. And, and they all laughed at him, the Diamond Dogs, in one episode, you know, and, and, and like dismissed him. So I, I think it, it definitely shows you a template for how we can be better. Um, but it's also realistic. And that's one of the things I like about it. And, you know, Nate trying to instill that without any sort of trust being built up beforehand with those people and to get to that point. Um, is also another aspect of that realism. I mean, Coach Lasso didn't form the Diamond Dogs on day one, right? right. Um, so it takes trust to get there. Ali, who do you think is the representation of the healthiest self-talk on the show? Oh. Who's telling themselves the, the healthiest stories so that they can react in the moment in a way that is sort of most authentic? Gosh, and, you know, I, I never thought I would say this in season one. Yeah. But but I'm going to say Jamie. Yeah. Um, you know how he came up to Keeley yeah. and just honestly apologized for completely screwing up and making, you know, his password to his email account password with two S's. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, like he was, he was open and honest and he admitted when he was exceptionally wrong and that, and, and also, you know, the leadership he showed in a few scenes earlier where he basically told people, look, it is not okay for people to take other people's things. And we should delete stuff off of our phones. Jamie's actually the guy that I would uh, say, uh, uh, the character that I would say that about right now. Syed, how about for you? Which is, which character do you think is in that space of the self-talk they're giving themselves and their uh, their ability to react in those moments? Who is who is the most advanced? I would have to agree. I would say I would say Jamie. I think Sam is up there too. I think mm-hmm. uh, Sam speaks his mind, speaks his conscience in a very funny way. I think Jan Moss has <laughs> yeah. some self. I mean, the the way <laughs> yeah. that guy just like just spits the truth without even thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. He's got to have some positive self talk going on there. Right, right. But yeah, I would rank Jamie number one. I would give it to Keely. Oh. I think that the way she she reacts, she's such a wonderful actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way that Keely's, you know, her, her facial, she, she sort of takes it on as if kind of that deer in the headlights look, but you can see her being super duper agile. And then she always circles back to the fundamentals. She doesn't care. Right. When she was in Liverpool and it's her telling everyone the, you know, uh, the, the hotel commercial for her saying, let's go. And she's like frozen watching herself. And then she totally embraces it. You know, 
Jack gives her that apology, and she's never going to do that. Um, and she's, I don't know if there's more videos, and I'm sad and I'm scared, but I'm going to trust myself and have the confidence to say, I see the way to do this forward, and I'm not going to let other people push me. The story I'm telling myself is one where I'm strong and confident. She needs to be reinforced, but I think that it's consistent with sort of the values of Keeley throughout the show. And I really like it, and I think it came to a head in this episode in a really compelling way. Mm-hmm. I think that we need to go straight from that place to the locker room. Ali, have you been on? You've been on a bunch, but have you done your own standalone? Have we asked you the question? Do you like tea? Oh yes, you have asked me, and and I had to go back to the fact that while I am Pakistani and was born in Pakistan and and lived there for a few years before moving to the States. Uh, I don't drink tea. I drink coffee and I, I don't even have tea in my house, which is a little embarrassing when my parents visit. <laughs> do they say anything? They or do. They have we have to, we have to buy it. And then yeah. I have to I get, get rid of it because I don't ever use it. And then I have to buy it again when they come visit me the next year. What are the things, Syed, that you make sure you have in the house when you have family come to visit that you wouldn't normally have in the house? That I wouldn't normally have in the house. Yeah. Uh, that's a tough one. Um, they're pretty easy to get along with. Yeah. I don't go out and buy a ton of stuff. My mom likes this. Uh, there's a big st- chain store here, H E B, which has a lot of the yeah. So H E B. Yeah, my mom loves their art artisanal breads that they have there in the okay. bakery. So I always get some of those for her. But other than that, not a whole lot else. They're pretty low key. All right. So artisanal bread and tea. My parents don't live that far away, so I see them quite a bit. But if we have like a gathering, um, they enjoy some plussed up cheeses, So, mm. which we do too, which is fine. But we just don't normally keep them in the house. So we'll go out and get the cheese. All right. Let's go power rankings. Syed, how about you go first? I don't normally, we normally go to the guest first, so let's change it up. Syed, power rankings. All right. So number three, I'm going to go with uh, Coach Beard and uh, him being there for Ted and sort of... Uh, especially when Ted was drifting with his son there and being able to step in and, you know, be, be that, be that person for, for Ted and his son, I thought was great. And interestingly, I, I thought Ted would have called Dr. Fieldstone. I don't know why yeah, I felt like in this episode, he would have, he would have gone to her, but he didn't. But anyway, uh, coach beard for number three, number two, I'm going to go with Nate. I know his, <laughs> his redemption arc isn't your favorite thing, Mark, but uh, I think that um, it's, becoming clearer and clearer that you know it's, it, he he does one thing and then he changes his text to something else and you can tell he's gravitating back towards the, the lasso way and um you know the, i have a feeling that's going to be a big part of the outcome of this season and then for number one for me for this episode is is going to be a clear keely um you know the bulk of the episode focused on her what she went through and thematically it's it's still relevant you know all that stuff that happened with those stolen photos and i read about this online i didn't know this but apparently the episode was co-written by keely hazel um who plays rupert's wife bex and uh keely in the show is partly modeled on on keely herself and she experienced something like this in the past so she this was all personal for her so i think the way it was depicted was very realistic i think they they did a good job of those old tropes coming up where people say well you shouldn't have videos like that you know in the first place and stuff and that line that uh keely has to to rebecca about society not sexualizing women you know i i just felt like they handled this whole thing very powerfully and keely was at the center of that and she took agency and she you know she had a good compass and i I think she was clear number one. I like I like that. I do think 
the your point about Ted and Dr. Sharon Fieldstone is well taken. You and I did text about this this morning. I'm glad that he didn't involve any more healthcare professional <laughs> patient yeah. stuff because the show, like anything Bill Lawrence touches, they just make it really weird and bordering on inappropriate and unethical. And it just changes the nature of the show. You know, we talked about um, how they've done this in other shows as well. And I, it just, it, it spoils it for me. So I'm kind of glad that that didn't come up for sure. Ali, power rankings, hit us. All right. So I, I, I'm not going to copy Syed. And so I'm trying really hard to just find three other things. But I will say, <laughs> right, because uh, so I've, I've got two boys, um, 11 and eight. And so the, the fact that Ted was able to, by the end of the show, come back and focus on Henry and the fact that he had Henry for a few days, um, right? While Heather was uh, off with Dr. Jake, uh, sorry, Michelle was yeah. off with Dr. Jake um, yeah. in, uh, in Paris. He had Henry for a few days. And initially those days were him calling Rebecca and asking for a private or walking up to Rebecca and asking for a private investigator, right? And he wasn't focusing on the fact that he had his son to himself and, and with Coach Beard for a few days. And he was able to actually come back to that. And the conversation with Rebecca, going to a game, right, with his arch rival team and, and letting his son buy the jersey of West Ham and, and being seen there and waving to Nate, like that progression of Ted focusing on what Henry wanted to do and focusing on building his relationship with Henry was huge because I sometimes forget that, right? I get stuck doing all the other stuff I and sometimes forget how few days and years I have with my sons. And, uh, and so that was, that was really big to me. Number, number, number two, I think in this particular case, uh, I'm not going to talk about Nate because actually I'm not a huge fan of the Nate um, story yeah. right now. I, I don't think that you can turn from the, from the nemesis evil villain to somebody who, who is pictured in bed with your new girlfriend who seems wonderful and way too good for you. And so I'm not even going <laughs> to put Nate, Nate uh, in this. I'm going to put the, I'm going to put, it, it's not it's powerful but actually negative um roy's conversation with keely where initially he seems supportive but actually it's a really really powerful scene because he completely sort of f's it up right he makes it about him in a way because he's the ex who's wondering who that video was for and he he makes it about him and he he quickly realizes that number one that was none of his business but also number two i don't know that he can recover from that um, like, like Keely saw that, that he wasn't interested in talking to her the way she or dropped her. her head. Yeah. Right. Just she was like, like Oh, you're just a balloon of how she looked at Roy. Oh, yep. I mean, you, you're, you're talking anything. to she me because you just wanted to know who it was. That was, yeah. it. um, yeah. and I'm going to circle back to it. Only, you know, I would also talk about Keely's response to this whole situation, but I had talked about that. Well, I just want to come back to saying, you know, number one for me was definitely Jamie and Keely's interaction there at the end, which we've already talked about. I'm going to go with, three secondary characters in an episode that uh, there have been episodes that are a little more compelling for me. So my three secondary characters that actually I think hold tremendous sway. Number one is Jade. The way Jade treats. Oh, the Nate, girlfriend, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. The way Jade treats Nate is going to go a long way to see, you know, does she like him? Does she not? Does she break up with him? Does, you know, do, do his idiosyncrasies push her away? That whole thing will go a long way to determining whether this very important character, he's a main character, right? He's a top line character on the show, what the next few years of his life will look like. Uh, and it's very interesting to watch because she is far more experienced. 
Um, and she's definitely kind of guiding him through the relationship, which is totally fine, of course, but it's going to tell. Uh, and I think she has significant power in that space. Number two is um, Ted's ex-wife. The way the episode ended, right? It's all about that dynamic. There was clearly something that happened in Paris. The boyfriend is taking selfies with the Eiffel Tower instead of paying attention to, again, what is right in front of him. Um, that was the message that I took away from it, at least. And then number one is Isaac. Because mm. Isaac, as the team captain, screwed up. The team has great chemistry. Through Isaac's error, taking Colin's phone and looking at it without permission, he is now understands where Colin is in his life and has the choice to make about how is he going to support his teammate? How is he going to blow this whole thing up? And all he did was walk away and Colin was just sort of sitting there. So I like the way they gave these secondary characters a tremendous amount of power. I thought that it was very, very compelling. In an otherwise, for me at least, episode that it feel like we were kind of moving to that finish line, I think, that we're hoping for. Well, you're the one who convinced me that we're not, we're not going to a finish line. That's the thing. I don't think we're going to. And I have to remind, I have to tell myself that same story. I don't think this is about the finish line. I think it's about the ones to, the ones to grow on in each episode. Right. Thank you for that reminder. I want to go to the pyramid next. Speaking of the things that we tell ourselves and how we're able to grow and develop. We have a brick from the pyramid of success. Self-control. Control of your organization begins with control of yourself. Be disciplined. Ali, tell us about self-control. You know, it is that quote. And, and I'll say this simply because of the fact that there have been plenty of times in my life where I have not been self-disciplined. And the second that you start, um, you know, becoming the surgeon that I was working with in med school who was yelling, um, becoming the, the ER doc who, who gets out of control and starts trying to control every little thing and micromanaging, um, you know, the, and, and, you have to not only have, but also display the self-control if you're going to be leading a team. Um, but it's even more true at home, right? I, I can't tell you how many times when we first had young kids, one, two, three years old, where I would just get super upset. And it took me years, and, and still I'm learning how to do this, where you know when they don't do X, Y, or Z, I don't, I don't give up on them. I don't yell at them. I don't I don't get upset and think, oh, my God, they're going to be 30 and not brushing their teeth before they go to bed. <laughs> um, you know, I, I take a deep breath and yeah. I realize that, yeah, we're, we're still figuring this out together. And the grace I can show them and the comfort that I can give them in this home environment, allowing them to come home and always feel as though they're safe here, if not anywhere else, that's going to take self-control. And I've been practicing that for 11 years and, and I'm going to be practicing it for the rest of my life. But that's what it means to me, both at home, at work showing, but also truly having that self-control in your own reactions to situations. Uh, that resonates deeply. And I think insofar as responding to the challenges of a family, how we respond, but also I would add in parallel the self-talk that we give ourselves. Mm -hmm. Tell you what, man, when it comes to my boy, I can be pretty hard on myself and I'm trying really hard to give a little bit of grace and acknowledge that I'm not perfect and I don't like the cliches, right? Um, I am trying <laughs> and it'll just be a, a road that, that we walk together. And, and, and uh, that self-control piece, I think is super important. And I love that you brought that part of it out. Syed, how about for you self-control? Well, again, <laughs> this is really tough for me to follow Ali repeatedly in this episode. <laughs> uh, they just said it so great. 
I think one of the other things about self-control that makes it so elusive in a way is it's nice to talk about. And, you know, we all like to think we have it. But, um, you know, Ali had this amazing quote. I'm going to go to a less philosophical guy and quote Mike Tyson. You know, everyone's got a plan until they get punched. Right. Self-control is one of those things that until you're in the fire, until you're facing like Keeley, some sort of devastating thing, Mm. you don't you don't really know. And uh, it's a skill that takes practice like like anything else out there. It takes introspection. Um, You got to know yourself before you can control yourself. And, you know, I think that. uh, this episode was a masterclass in self-control and lack of self-control. Um, you know, it, it's it's almost a little frustrating to me how Ted just can't break out of the cycle, you know, with his uh, with his ex. When he's, he's so introspective and self-aware, but it's also he's also human. And, you know, um, I've been through bad breakups before. You know, it's it's uh, it can be all consuming, but that's the kind of stressors where self-control really gets tested. Wow, you're yeah, I, absolutely right. I love that quote too. I know. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I think I, I'm going to just pivot completely away because y'all are just on a whole other plane than me. I think that there's a representation on the show of self control that can show maybe sometimes it can go too far with that sort of, you know, the, the British stiff upper lip, but also the encapsulation of how it can help you be really, really successful. And it's Rebecca. I would read the Rebecca oh, yeah. Mannion leadership book for sure. Yes. How does she manage her day? What is her morning routine? What does she do in the office? Right, that team is a, especially now in a short period of time, it's a high functioning organization. She allows people a lot of play. She holds people accountable. Um, she has a wide variety of skills, and yet she maintains a composure. Except when the team is doing well on the pitch, and then in the coach in the owner's box, she gets excited. But um, I, I just love the demonstration of that from that sort of place of leading an organization um i think that the manifestation of rebecca mannion is fabulous and I, I wish that that character had a leadership book that we could read because i think it would be really really good we got to do one more thing and that's the we forgot to do it last week because we walked you know we just we were, we were flying the, the the coach beard's fainting couch ali was there a moment in the show that just kind of dropped you that you were laughing, you were shocked, you were stunned. Was there that one moment that put you on the coach beard fainting couch? You know, I, I liked Jack. And yeah. then when she sent in, I forget the, the other woman's name, um, with that, that, uh, that piece of paper to Keeley, the apology yeah. that the lawyers had, I liked Jack a lot. Like yeah. I had high hopes for her just lasting out this season and, and this great, beautiful um, future together. And then Keeley read that piece of paper and I thought, holy, like, I can't believe that Jack is asking her to say that. Like, I was just so completely flabbergasted and dumbfounded by that. That was a rough one. And I, the, my takeaway from it, um, Jack had a line that was not a throwaway line. She mentioned, I think that I have the sequence right, that she talked to her dad and her yeah. dad gave it to the lawyers. Yep. I feel like Jack is being manipulated by her father. Um, they've got this billionaire's empire. They've got a name to protect. I feel like it's bigger than Jack. And I feel like she is being pushed by forces that she's not ready to try to push back against yet. That was my takeaway from it. And it just made me really, really sad because there was something seemingly quite special between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And I'm certainly not trying to absolve the Jack character from the way she was treating her girlfriend, 
but I think that it was like in the TV show Succession, if you watch it right, the yep. kids are manipulated by this massive personality who's their dad, and they can't say no. Um, their whole identity is tied up in the money and the reputation and the adulation and all these things. I think that that's what the, where that sort of came from, um, and it made me sad. I think that that's a really, really good, a really good one, Ollie, for sure. Syed, how about for you, the, the fainting couch moment? Um, can I sneak two moments real quick? Yes. One's really little. Absolutely. One's really little. One, it, w- it was just Trent Krim's woof was hilarious <laughs> yeah. when they look at him like, and he just goes woof i was like yeah, oh my god i yeah. love trey Kerm. the second one and i don't know if i'm just like two in my ted lasso headspace here when they're rummaging for change for henry to play the wizard of oz game yeah notice what ted pulls out of his pocket yeah he pulls out a green a green box of matches yeah the same one that rebecca had that green box of matches right it started me thinking about the whole fortune teller soothsayers predictions right and i'm like you know what some of these are coming true for ted the 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 shite in knighting armor that kind of bumbling uh paramour who is taking selfies in front of the <laughs> in front of the, the the eiffel tower and you know this guy who showed up as this knight for michelle but he's actually fumbling the bag and screwing it up Ted being underwater, you know, that that quote about being underwater and Rebecca fell quite literally. Um, I was thinking about Ted taking the team down underground underneath mm-hmm. the, you know, with, with the sewages system. and all that. Yeah. And I was starting to think, I'm like, I was like, no way, this is not what it meant. But I was like, what? It was such a clear thing. He just clearly picked out that match, you know, the matchbox and put it there. So wow. it wow. started getting the wheels turning in my head. I love yeah. it. I couldn't love it more. You all are on, you all are on one tonight, man. You both are cooking. <laughs> This is fantastic, wow. Ali. Do you? Uh, I'm in. I like. I like that take. I I love that. I I would not. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, the, the match, the matchbook was clear. There's no other reason than to. to for go back sure. To I mean, they held but, the shot with him holding it for like yeah. three full beats. Yeah. yeah. And quite literally, he took them to the shite. Right. They went into the sewer. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh my god. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> that's, that's true. This is serious, man. <laughs> I, I think that that is astounding, and I love it. And good on you. Uh, I have two as well, actually. My first one is right at the beginning when Bumbercatch scored the winning goal against Tottenham. First of all, it hurt my feelings for two reasons. One, <laughs> they are just taking shots at my team and I don't appreciate it. But secondly, that's actually what happened over the weekend. Tottenham lost in the 95th minute to Liverpool. Oh, oh my God. Me out. Um, so it was like, again, I have a bet with my cousin who's a huge Liverpool fan and we, bet a, we wager a jersey every time Liverpool and Tottenham play, and I owe him yet another jersey. He's dining out on this for the last, like, five years and drives me nuts. But when they did that, I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Um, but, <laughs> but my big one was actually when the way Beard addressed Ted's son, and I just blanked on his name. Henry. That was, Henry. It, it was almost like Beard went to a fugue state. It was a totally different Beard. Yeah. He spoke to him without weird body language. He spoke to him without changing. He was just there to guide him. He was there to give him a little guidance. Um, it was my wife is the one, full credit to her. She's the one that pointed it out. She's like, wait a minute. That was a very different beard right there. And I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, it's rare for beard to just kind of talk normal. Um, normal, normal beard talk is not sort of this repartee. The way he was talking there. Oh, I, I loved it. I, I just absolutely loved it. He was fulfilling a father role uh, that was necessary in that moment. And I just, I, uh, it, Flatten me. I absolutely loved it. Ollie, plug something. No, I, I love that. Oh, plug something. Um, oh, you, know, you can tell me how much you love well, my idea. No, I would welcome that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, t- I say horrible things to myself. So idea. if you it's, have something kind to say, I'll take it. Well, it was, let's be honest. Jesse pointed it out. But, uh, but it, it, 
everybody needs an uncle like that. And I don't, I don't mm. have that. But, but when I see the, the wonderful uncles depicted on movies or aunts depicted on movies that, that don't have parental responsibilities, but just sort of dive bomb in to get great advice every now and then. Yeah. That's exactly what we saw there that just pointed out. And I haven't really a great that, point. So, so thank you. Uncle for relationship. I like that. Um, I'll plug something. So uh, the Society for Academic Emergency Medicine, which I'm now the president-elect of, is having its big conference next week. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, It's going to be awesome. And um, if you you aren't a member, which most people aren't, if they're not emergency physicians, then just uh, follow me on Twitter and at Aliraja underscore MD, and I'll post all the best stuff. Does the conference have a hashtag? It does. Uh, It's SAM23, hashtag SAEM, Society for Academic Emergency Medicine, and the number is 23. We'll put the hashtags there for sure. Syed, plug something. Oh, I know what you're going to plug. Can I guess? Don't do it. Let me do it for you this time. Let me do it for you this time. All right. You do something else. Uh, you have to do the pre-order special with that plug, though. Yeah. Because that's a new thing. Thanks, okay, buddy. Great. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, I, my I God. I can handle plugging. Okay, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to go. I'm Dude, my go. plug had become a countdown at this point. I'm plugging <laughs> your book. I'm plugging your book. Syed yeah. has his book coming out, and I've been yep. texting people about it. I'm super excited. It's available for pre-order. If you pre-order it, Syed will deliver it. <laughs> okay, wait. He won't. He won't. He won't. He'll be rounding in the dialysis unit. No, Syed's book, These Vital Signs. Um, I have not seen it, but I've read all of his Twitter thread stories over the last, what, five or six years, except for the one about the dog, which I will never read. Um, <laughs> Syed is so gifted. He's so talented. I cannot wait to see what this turns into. And $28.99. I'm pre-ordering it right now. I love it. Thank you so much. For that. Oh, there you go. That's how it's done. And the release date is soon. Is it May 13th or May 16th? Did 16th. I, it's May 16th. Yeah. So we're very, very close. Support our buddy. Link in the show notes. These vital signs you can pre-order now. And oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. And if you pre-order it on my uh, Twitter account, there's a link to a bonus story. You can go online and right. get access to one of the very first stories I wrote. It's actually not in the book. But it's a digital edition just as a thank you for everybody who pre-orders. But I do have a plug. Real Dr. T. I do have a plug. Yeah, thank you. At the Real Dr. T. And uh, my plug is for my buddy, Serafina Nance. Um, I think you know her, Mark. Uh, She's got a book coming out, too. Uh, Her book comes out in uh, June, on June 6th. It's called Starstruck. It's her memoirs. She's an amazing uh, astrophysicist. Um, she's had, uh, she's documented her, uh, uh, um, she had a prophylactic, uh, double mastectomy done for BRCA plus, uh, gene positivity. She documented all of that. She's a sports illustrated swimsuit model. She's been on Forbes under 30 and she's just an all around incredible human being. I had the fortune of meeting her a few years back when she came to San Antonio and, you know, people rarely live up to the billing. She like way exceeds it so it makes sense that she's an astrophysicist because she belongs up in the smart <laughs> that's so, awesome i she's highly plug too by all oh, really? accounts, I didn't very, know that. she shared that on social media and i was like "Ooh, uh, an excellent tennis player so that's always what you know who else is really great in person you yeah. both i've met you both in real life and you are both outstanding on that <laughs> oh, we're out of here ali this was <laughs> super fun thank you for coming back thanks Syed. thanks mark i appreciate you having me back on syed We'll it was great to see both. Episode nine. I'm going to text you after the episode um, okay. so that you're not worried. Okay. I'll be able to sleep. Thank God. <laughs> see you boys later. My thanks once again to Ollie for joining Syed and I on this episode of Med Lasso from Explore the Space Podcast. This was an absolute blast. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. This was fantastic. And you know, we're coming back for season three, episode nine of Ted Lasso. 
You can check out the entire archive of Explore the Space podcast at www.explorethespaceshow.com. It's got the Med Lasso archive as well. Please do take a minute and share it with your friends and your colleagues. That really helps us out. If you have the chance to leave us that five-star rating and a review, also really helps the show out. You can do that wherever you like to download your shows, and it is much appreciated. Appreciation also to the Women in Medicine Summit for helping make this episode possible. Lock in early bird pricing before the end of May, www.womeninmedicinesummit.org. It's an extraordinary CME opportunity. It's a wonderful conference in Chicago, September 22nd and 23rd at the Drake Hotel. I will be there. I'm actually going to be speaking this year, and I'm delighted that Explore the Space is once again a sponsor of the Women in Medicine Summit. Take advantage of the early bird pricing. It's going to be a fantastic event. I can't wait and hope to see you there. You can hit me on Twitter at ETS Show, Instagram at Explore the Space Show, and you can email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. We've been cooking on Explore the Space, cranking out episodes with great people, Med Lasso and Explore the Space, so check all of it out. Hope you are enjoying. We will be back soon with more great content. Till then, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.